I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, listeners. Jem here. This is just a warning that in this episode, Ray and I talk about issues like sexual assault, date rape, drink spiking, and rape culture, among other issues. If these are topics which are triggering for you, this is probably not the episode to listen to. Just a heads up. Stay safe, listeners. To our new listeners, welcome. To our old listeners, welcome back. Another episode of Magical Education awaits you, but first, we would like to say a few words. Nitwit, blubber, oddment, tweak. Podcast nine and three quarters topic of the week is why love potions sold in joke shops. Hey listeners, I'm Rhea. And I'm Jem, and this week we'll be talking about love potions. Cool. So, why I wanted to talk about love potions, you got a little preview in our Crimes of Grindelwald episode when I was mm-hmm. big mad about that yeah. movie. You uh, mad? <laughs> I know. Weird. Me? Getting worked up about Harry Potter? Nuts. Unheard of. So, the Imperious Curse, right? That's bad enough to earn a lifetime in Azkaban. But yeah. love potions effectively do the same thing. Like, they remove mm-hmm. a target's free will and you force them to think, feel, and behave in a way that you're in control of. Yeah. Like, an Imperious Curse is more total, a love, po- a love potion is more specific. But love potions are sold in joke shops and they're treated like a joke by everyone. Yeah. Even the people that are aware of how dangerous they are. Yeah. They're treated as frivolous, trivial things that teenagers do to each other as like a fun pastime or a joke. Or, yeah. Um, it's, it's very odd. I don't like it. I never have. Even no. like first hearing the books from you, I, I always thought that's not good. Yeah. And as far mm. as we're aware, there's just no consequences for giving someone a love potion compared to that yeah. lifetime sentence in Azkaban. So I want to talk about why that is and why it's really fucked. And like, what's going on, JK? This is really bad. Before we get into that, I thought I might be a good idea to just do a brief run over of love potions and like what they are and what they do exactly. So love potions are brews which cause the drinker to become infatuated or obsessed with the person who gives it to them. So Mm -hmm. obviously it doesn't create love. That's impossible in terms of what Mm -hmm. we understand about the magic of Harry Potter universe, but it creates an obsession which is in some ways more dangerous. It, it's considered powerful and highly dangerous. Yeah, there we go. The drinker remembers being under the potion's influence. This is important. When I first read that, I had a mixed feeling of both that's good and that's awful. Because one, that's yeah. awful of like, oh God, could you imagine remembering what happened to you once you've been potioned? And two, mm-hmm. at least you can remember what happened to you and you can show it in a court of law through a pensive unless your memories are wiped. That's a whole other kettle of fish. But okay. Yeah. Um, so, uh, my questions were, are they banned at Hogwarts? Who knows? Uh, the Weasley Wizard Weasleys disguise love potions as perfume bottles in 
sixth year so that they could be delivered mm-hmm. to Hogwarts discreetly because um, the products were banned. Weasley Wizard, Weasley products were banned, not love potions in general, just those products because mm-hmm. Filch was very upset at all the jokes coming to the school. Also, um, that year at Hogwarts, because it was Harry's sixth year and the war was on, Hogwarts had much more increased security than it usually yeah. does. So mm-hmm. maybe they're not always banned. Maybe it yeah. was just that year when the rules were a bit more strict. Yeah. And like I said, it wasn't just love potions that were banned. It was all Weasley was a Weasley products. So mm-hmm. um, it wasn't because they were love potions that they were banned. It was because they were part of the, that merchandise. So the effect of a love potion will wear off over time. It's about 24 hours, depending on the height and weight of the person and the strength of the potion. So mm-hmm. in order for the potion to last longer, the drinker has to have more. So it has to be consistent dosage. Love potions mature in potency over time. So you, if you have a love potion sitting on your shelf for months at a time, it can become very strong. Love potions cancel out the effects of a hate potion and vice versa, because they're opposites. Um, I really like the idea of a hate potion. <laughs> me too, I do. I, there's something very strange and appealing about a hate potion. Like, what would you use it for? <laughs> what is it? I assume it does the opposite of a love potion, but yeah. why? Why, <laughs> why would you want- I guess- um, it, the problem is, if it works, it's the same, except it has opposite effects. So if you give someone a hate potion, they will hate you. Why would you want someone to hate you? What are the benefits of that? What could I get out of someone hating me? Oh, I'd um, give it to some of my coworkers. They stop trying to talk to me. Oh, yeah. But it's it's like if it has the same sort of effects as a love potion, where it's an obsessive hatred, that can be, that can come oh, yeah. back at you. What if they try to attack you at yeah. the workplace? Like, <laughs> that's, that's I, not a good idea. <laughs> I can't think of a situation where I'd want someone to vindictively hate me and want to hurt me. Like, mm. I don't know, I'm anyway, sure neither of us. <laughs> I can't think of one. Neither of us have researched hate potions. So we don't know what they do, so let's not get bogged down in this. Anyway, um, uh, there are varieties of love potion that presumably have different mm-hmm. effects. This is interesting because my assumption is that there's different sorts of love potions for different sorts of purposes. So maybe you have a love yes. potion that's more inclined towards romance. Maybe one that's more inclined towards physical attraction maybe one that's more inclined mm-hmm. towards sexual attraction it's gets creepier um yeah amorten- um sorry amortenia amortenia i'm going to the- say amortensia oh okay oh fancy ringing the, the french yeah. pronunciation okay uh, i don't know how it's pronounced but that's how i'm going to say it <laughs> i've always said amortenia uh mm. it's the most powerful love potion now, here's yeah. where it gets um, interesting. So, because Voldemort was conceived under the coercive effects of a love potion, Dumbledore believes that he is unable to feel genuine love. This is Dumbledore's belief, and it's, I mean, is he wrong? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> it's sort of been confirmed by JK, I think, off um, out, outside of the books. I actually have that, if we want to talk about this already. Mm-hmm. So I have some notes about what J.K. Rowling has said about love potions and Voldemort specifically. Do we want to get into that right now? Um, I only have a few points left on this uh, sum- summation. Okay, of so let's potions. come back to it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, love potions have an expiration date. So my question mm-hmm. was, okay, if they get stronger over time, but they have an expiration date, if, if you keep your love potion on the shelf for a few months and it starts getting stronger, but then you keep it on there after the expiration date, does that just mean it's an even stronger potion or does it completely lose its effects or something worse happens and it's like an unstoppable potion? Like if you spike someone's drink with yeah. it, does it make it uh, impossible for them to be I don't know, snapped out of the potion's effects? It's very un- unclear. I would imagine that it's the latter. Mm. I wouldn't, because we know that they get stronger over time. Yeah. Well, as we've s- decided, there are lots of different variations of love potions. So maybe there's no set rule. Yeah. 
But the love potion that Ron got hit with, for example, yep. was one that got stronger over time. Yep. So I imagine that if you left that and just didn't take it, it wouldn't stop working. It would just get more and more and more potent and become more and more and more dangerous mm. until it's like, I don't know, maybe impossible to get rid of the effects of the love potion. Maybe it just kills you outright. We don't know. Yeah. Maybe that's why hate potions exist, to negate the effects of a love potion that's been administered after its expiration date. Ah. So then you can't- Ooh, that's a good thought. Maybe, like, someone takes a love potion that's past expiration date, they become infatuated with someone else. The only way to reverse it is with a hate potion, and maybe that potion sort of negates the effects and they can eventually go back to their normal lives, or they just end up hating that person for life. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> well, it says the potions cancel each other out, so you would. You would just get net even yeah. if you take both. Okay. That's a valid use for a hate potion. There you go. And that lasts for 24 hours. I mean, the hate that comes towards that person would be well-deserved, I would imagine. Unless it was an accidental- oh, I would think so. An accidental spiking. I don't know. Um, <laughs> love potions- Unlikely. Love potions are part of the Hogwarts curriculum. Why? Mm-hmm. I said why. Maybe it's to know how to recognize them and- um, that sort of thing, but then why do they learn how to brew them? That's problematic. Like, you know, we learn about terrorism think- in university and we learn, like, what a pipe bomb is. We don't know how to mm. make a pipe bomb <laughs> or anything like that. Yeah. It's. They, don't, they shouldn't teach you how to brew I t- them, I think. I don't think that they do teach you how to brew them. The only time that we see a love potion is in Slughorn's first class, mm-hmm. where he makes a bunch of very um strong or dangerous or interesting potions to show to the class. Yes. But I does he say that like these are the potions we're going to be learning this year or just you should be able to recognize these potions? I think it's the latter, but I think what happens in that class is that everyone is assigned one of the potions and to the best of their ability they have to try and brew it themselves. And one of the potions on that desk is out. Oh, Emily. you're right. That does happen. Because yeah, Harry gets draw of living death, but I think Hermione gets something different. And so does Draco and stuff like Draco was trying to do like a cheering potion or something like that, and his wasn't working. Someone yeah. in that class had to learn how to brew a mortenia that day. So that's part of the curriculum. Which means that they must have had instructions for it in their textbook because they yeah. can't just guess how to make exactly. it. So that's So it is part of the curriculum. You're right. I know. Oh, that's so much worse. And my last question that I had is um what happens if someone uses a love potion on themselves? It's unclear. Yeah. I guess okay. Gilroy Lockhart effect. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you get a bit of a narcissus yeah. effect. That's the closest I can you think turn of. Turn into a flower. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, I don't think this is explicitly said, or maybe Fred and George say this, but for some reason I've got this idea in my head that a love potion works like a polyjuice potion, where you have to like put a bit of your hair into the potion or something so that whoever drinks it knows that you're the one that they're in love with. Otherwise, like, how would it work? I don't know if- It's got to be focused somehow. I don't know if that's true. I just think it's whoever administers the potion becomes the the object of infatuation, whether it's through a chocolate or a drink or through direct mouth-to-mouth, I don't know, deliverance. Um, so <laughs> mouth to mouth. Ew. <laughs> I think it's um, it's definitely not the brewer. So you don't have to be the brewer of the potion, but as long as you purchase it and no. administer it, you you become the object of the infatuation. I don't know how that works, but um, I guess it's like a matter of like once the um potion is corked and poured somewhere, it becomes sentient of who's doing that. 
No, I think you have to put part of yourself into the potion. Okay, I've never heard that anywhere. I think that just makes more sense. I thought Fred said it, maybe. I When I was doing my research, I couldn't find anything like that anywhere about adding a part of yourself to the potion so that it knows. Okay, well, I'm just going to call that my headcanon yeah, then. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> because I've decided that's how they work. <laughs> Okay, the other thing I wanted to do before we get too much further into this is I want to go through all the times in the series when love potions are mentioned or appear, because I'm going to be referring back to many of these several times, and I just want to get them clear. Mm -hmm. So, first mention of love potions is second book, Mm -hmm. Valentine's Day. Gilderoy Lockhart tells students that they can celebrate Valentine's Day by having Snape teach them how to brew love potions. And Snape's like given a death glare to everyone, like, do not fucking do that. <laughs> Which was part of why I thought maybe that they weren't on the curriculum. Like, he's mad because he's Snape and he's always mad, but also because, like, Lockhart, don't tell them bullshit like that. I'm not going to teach them how to make love potions. Mm. But no, it was just because he's salty. Yep. Anyway. <laughs> the next instance is one of the creepiest in the entire uh, series. Mrs. Weasley, yep. in third book, tells Hermione and Ginny the story of a love potion she brewed when she was younger. Mm-hmm. And they are all very giggly and blushing and telling this story as if it's, like, a funny, cute secret or something. Yeah, I don't like it. I, that's always upset yeah. me. The next time uh, is fourth book. Rita Skeeter accuses Hermione of using love potions on Harry and Crumb. Mm-hmm. Pansy Parkins is actually the one who made up that yeah. rumor. Uh, then it's sixth book. Fred and George Weasley are selling love potions in their joke shop and helping to smuggle them into Hogwarts, mm-hmm. as you said. Mm-hmm. Then we have Slughorn teaching his class about Amortensia, Amortensia, which is how I'm going to say it. <laughs> then throughout sixth year, girls are trying to smuggle Harry love potions. Creepy. Yeah. Then we get Voldemort's backstory, yeah. with, where his mother dosed Tom Riddle, married and conceived a child with him while he was under the oh, effects of the love God, potion. Terrifying. And then, <laughs> then we have Ron getting accidentally dosed with a love potion from Romilda Vane oh. that was intended for oh. Harry and that whole scene. And then what we've had post-series, I'm going to say, in The Cursed Child, Ron Mm. gives Albus a love potion, and that's a whole plot point. But it's very much done as a, uh, you know, here's something to help you in your romantic escapades, young man. Bad. Don't like that. It's like giving your nephew a thing of condoms when he turns, like, 18. Roofies. Not condoms. Roofies. Yes. Uh, people can consent to use condoms. Yeah. No, but it's it's passed off like that because you mm. haven't read the play. It's passed off like a joke of like, oh, you're no, you're of age now. Here's like a fun gift for you to use with the ladies, and like right. it's like yeah, it's like giving your your son condoms. It's not like because they don't think of it in the Wizarding World as like roofies, even though it is. It's Rahipno, but um, yeah, yeah, it's that sort of energy to it, a fun uncle energy. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Good. Love mm. it. And the um the last sort of love potiony type thing is whatever Queenie does to Jacob, which is kind of implied to be a spell, not yeah, a potion, not a but whatever she does yeah. to him in Fantastic Beasts, and um the other unpleasantness that happens in that movie, which we've talked about, and I don't really want to get into again. Um, but that's in Fantastic Beasts. That wasn't love potions anyway. That that was all spell casting in Fantastic Beasts. Yeah. I want to try and focus on the series. I just I needed to mention Cursed Child and Fantastic yeah. Beasts because it will it will come up probably. Yeah. So that's all of the 
times that we see love potions in the series and the context surrounding mm-hmm. them. Let's get into it. Um, <laughs> Let's talk about this hot Can you talk mess. about Voldemort first and what JK said? Right. Okay. So we've talked about um, before the theory that Voldemort is unable to feel love because he was conceived under yeah. a love potion. And that's actually not really? canon. So JK Rowling, yeah, I thought it was canon as well, but it turns out it's just actually like fanon, oh, yeah. I guess, like a headcanon that everyone's okay. adopted. But what JK Rowling said is that it is of important symbolic significance that Voldemort, incapable of love himself, was conceived in an act of mm-hmm. coercion rather than genuine yeah. love. So that's the origin of the yeah. idea. The exact quote is, it was a symbolic way of showing that he came from a loveless union. But of course, everything would have changed if his mother had survived and raised him herself and mm-hmm. loved him. So it's not the love potion that poisoned right. him. It was his awful childhood, we okay. guess. Okay. Yeah. So if his mother had survived and loved him, he would have grown up fine. I, I don't I think suppose. fine. Maybe. We don't, we'll never know. That's a debate for another episode. But the love potion didn't poison him against okay. love in utero, I guess, is what we can draw okay. from that. Interesting. Still, the potions are still Very dangerous. Dangerous. Okay. First of all, let's try and think. Are there any ethical uses of love potions? Ethical uses of love potions. Because I've got a big argument about like they should be illegal. Why aren't yeah, they that's illegal? That's my argument too. I'm trying to think Are there I'm trying any... to think um are they only for human use? Do they work on animals? What the fuck do Chill you mean? Chill out. Okay. <laughs> I I know where your furry mind went. Okay. No. Shut up. Stop calling me a furry. You are so mean to me on this podcast. I know you're not a furry. All right. Um, What I meant was on the ranch, when you need animals to copulate because you're selling them for commercial reasons. So capitalism reasons. Yeah. Right. Capitalism. Not like fucking... Illegal bestiality shit. No. <laughs> okay, good. Or trying to save a species from extinction, like a like if we could save Tassie, Tasmanian tigers or something with um the effects of a love potion. Right. So breeding yeah. animals. Okay. The question is, is that ethical in the first place? <laughs> but that's God. Uh- <laughs> well, it's certainly more ethical than using them on humans. Yeah. I'll give you that. Like, okay, like, we've only got okay, two right. snow um, leopards left in the world, and their environment's fine, it's just they take- No, this is this is koalas. Koalas take ages to mate. We've only got two koalas in the world. Pandas. Pandas do it as well. Pandas are useless, we don't need them. <laughs> we've only got two koalas yeah, left in the true. world, <laughs> and they just won't mate for whatever reason, because they're lazy. Let's just, you know, slip them in a little love potion, you mm-hmm. know, and we can save this species. Is that ethical? I would say yes, but I'm not really of the opinion that animals have rights, <laughs> which is just a big thing to drop Ooh, in like it's not. topic. <laughs> I would say that it's uh, not ethical because I think when a species has its time, it ha- it's, had its, it's had its time. It's time for it to die. We shouldn't, we shouldn't be trying to yeah. conserve species so you're just having- for the matter of we should conserve species. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, th- this is a big topic we've stumbled into somehow. <laughs> It kind of depends because if we humans have come in yeah. and destroyed the okay. environment, disrupted their natural yeah. patterns, then like that's our fault and we should be trying to fix it. But I agree with you, like dinosaurs, they're done. We don't need this to bring them back or try now. and this save them a, or whatever. This is a Malcolm podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God, I wish we were the Ian Malcolm podcast. 
Chaos. Appreciation of Ian Malcolm podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we have six episodes of the shirtless scene. We'd have to talk about math too much. <laughs> Amazing. Um, yeah, okay. That would be the only thing I could yeah. think of for an ethical use of love potions on animals to breed them. But uh, no, on humans, I don't see any ethical use yeah. of a love potion at all, ever, to be honest. <laughs> what about what about um, between couples? Like, consenting romantic okay. partners who, like, will both take a love potion right. for each other and have yeah. a wild okay, time. Yeah. In my head, because of all the scenarios in my head, that like, all the love potions that have been used in the series that we've seen have mostly been non-consensual. So that's what it's got in my head. But okay, if there's a mm-hmm. consensual adult yeah. couple which is aware of the consequences of the potion um, and are being mature about it and safe about it, then yes, I think that's okay for them to do together as a couple. Because, you know, what happens behind closed yeah. doors and is safe in between adults, none of my business. You know, you can do what you need to do. Safe, sane, yeah. and consensual. So something that really helped shape my opinions on love potions in Harry Potter was this fan fiction that I definitely sent to you. Have you read it? I read it, yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to put the link to it in the description because yeah. it's very good. And I'm going to talk about it a little bit now. It's called A Cauldron Full of Hot Strong Love. And the writer's name, I will probably screw up. It's like mm-hmm. Abidil, not Abigail, Ab- Abidil or Abidial or something like that. I'll mm-hmm. link to it. So the basic premise of this story is that Hermione Granger, best person in the universe, is like, love potions, bad. We should get yeah. rid of those. <laughs> and somehow she manages to actually make that a law and overnight love potions are made illegal. And everyone gets very, yeah. very angry. And a group of wizards yeah. rights activists- Not all men. <laughs> are like, um, Screw you, you can't come in here and destroy our cultures. We have traditions of using love potions, blah, blah, blah. And they basically want to dose Hermione with a love potion, all have sex with her, take photos of it, and then send those photos to newspapers, to all of her co-workers, to her family, blah, blah, blah. And the plan, and the story is about, you know, they have to stop that from happening. And really it's about, you know, society and rape culture and gender and blah 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 it's a really really good story in that story the main reasons that people say that they're using love potions is like between consenting partners and also amortensia specifically for smelling purposes so like say you're dating someone and you want to know if they're the one you'll smell this potion and see if it smells like her perfume or whatever and if it does it means that you know you're in there that Mm -hmm. she's the one for you and then also, of course, they're being used non-consensually against people who don't want to use them, but nobody talks about that and we don't acknowledge it. I haven't read a, a lot of fan fiction at all, but this is like a standout. It's a really great piece of work and I would recommend it. What you said about the Amortensia mm-hmm. thing, I have actually thought yeah. of maybe an ethical use of love potions would be Amortensia perfume. <laughs> that might mm-hmm. be fun for a date. <laughs> <laughs> that is fun. Unless like... You know, you go on a date with someone and they get a sniff of your perfume and they're like, man, you smell like my ex. And you're like, oh, no. (laughs) Or you smell like my mother. That's worse. (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye. Date over. (laughs) Shoving breadsticks into your purse. Well, I guess it helps in more ways than one. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, okay. So why I even brought this up in the first place is that 
So people are saying in this story, you know, between consenting couples, we can use love potions. It's fine. Don't try and take them away from us. And Hermione is saying, well, actually, no. Mm -hmm. Taking a love potion in any context is non-consensual because the thing about consent is in order for consent to be valid, I wish I knew how to make words better, you have to be able to say no at any point and know that that no is going to be respected by a partner. So love potions remove your capacity to say no. So they last for like 24 hours. Let's say that for the first 12 hours, you're having a great time. And then you change your mind. You're like, I'm not really into this anymore. And you want to get up and leave. Love potions remove your ability to do that. So you actually can't consent to anything under the effect of a love potion, even if you take it with somebody that you want to have a romantic encounter with fully aware of what's going to happen and choosing to do it. It's still non-consensual. Right. I forgot about the I forgot about the 24-hour thing and the fact that like you can't control the measured yeah. dose in a way. Like um you can consent to taking a love potion in the first place, but then you can't once you're under the effects of it, you can't say no at all because you're just infatuated with the person. Yeah, that's wrong. Yeah. Never mind, I re- redact my statement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, redact it. <laughs> So, yeah, that was just my little note on consent that I wanted to drop in there. Just for anyone who's not very educated on the topic of consent and relationships and stuff, it's very complicated and there's a lot to consider. And love potions just come in and just mess everything up. It's wrong. They're they're bad. So why aren't they illegal? Yeah, um... I think it comes from a place of the enshrinement of very traditional values in the Harry Potter wizarding universe, which is odd. Mm-hmm. Because you, you think that, like, yeah, because in a lot of ways, gender in Harry Potter, there's a lot of advantages for women in terms of, you know, a control on violence because mm-hmm. women are just as capable to use wands as men. As far as we know, there hasn't been restrictions in the past about women mm-hmm. and wand, wand law. So in that way, women have a, mm-hmm. a strong control on their own security and autonomy. But the enshrinement of love potions and the um, sort of neglect of love potions dangerous effects i mean i'm saying this like i'm talking like it's just about women it's not because love potions are used on both gen- on all genders as far as we know but obviously yeah. because of the world i live in my mind goes, goes instantly to the impact that this would have on women because i live in a society that is that women mm. are oppressed <laughs> that's just yeah. how it is in around the world um <laughs> yeah what's what's really really interesting and it's still sexist and horrible But what's really interesting is that in the main Harry Potter series, the only times we see love potions being used is by women on men, Mm -hmm. which is, like, generally not how date ray drugs are used in the muggle world. Not saying that they can't be used that way, Mm -hmm. but generally not. So that's interesting. Like I said, it's still sexist and horrible because... Sorry, it's so hard to keep my thoughts straight and not say things that I don't mean and not just get angry and start ranting. (laughs) Like, it's bad because obviously you're playing into the stereotype of, you know, women are manipulative and um, are trying to, like, trap you and blah, 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 that sort of thing. But it kind of explains, I think, why love potions aren't really Mm, taken seriously. Considered a big deal. They're dismissed as girlish fantasies. Yeah, Yeah. it's because they're like, yeah, it's like a woman's mm-hmm. weapon, I think. So so in the se- sixth book, when Slughorn is talking about the Amortensia and he says that it's the most dangerous potion, Malfoy and Knot 
smirk skeptically. So it's like they don't take it seriously. And I think it comes from this attitude of like, that could never happen to me. Like, I'm too strong to be tricked by a love potion. It's not really a big deal. Or maybe even the implication that like, men want sex all the time. So it's impossible to rape a man. Big finger quotes. I don't believe that. That's something that people believe, not me. There's, there's also this really weird, gross implication that the potion is less effective if the giver is unattractive. Yeah, that, I read that. That's so weird. Yeah. So let's unpack this. It says that the potion is more effective if the giver is attractive. So if you like the person who gives you the potion, it affects you more strongly. What that implies is that if you are affected by a love potion, then you must be into whoever gave it to you, which we yeah. just know is wrong because Ron goes nuts over Ramil Devane, yeah. who he has never met and therefore cannot yeah. be attracted to. He doesn't exactly. know her just because the potion's a few months old. So it's it's very much the strength of the magic, not it's not you wanting it or asking for it. It's just such a horrifying implication. That's a rape myth right there. Yeah, that is a rape myth. It's it's textbook. It's so textbook mm. that it's frustrating. And it's it's really horrifying. <sighs> and it feeds into this mindset of love potions aren't real. They don't really affect you. Like, it's not a problem. I think that's a big reason why they're not illegal. Also, maybe there's this certain element of shame. Like, you wouldn't come forward and admit that you'd mm. been dosed by a love potion because people wouldn't take you seriously. Like, the same way that we treat rape survivors in the muggle world. We'd be like, no, yeah, that didn't really exactly. happen. Yeah. This episode's making me sad and yeah, angry. Smad. Um, yeah. I mm. agree with everything you said. I, I, my first reaction to uh, Love Potions, and the one I wrote down extensively about in my notes, is that they should be illegalized. And I have, like, several reasons for how they could be illegalized. But a lot of people would disagree with me. Mm-hmm. So there was a really good Tumblr post going around a while ago, and I could not oh. find it. I searched for hours, but ugh, whatever. <laughs> Tumblr's a hell website. It was about how wizards in Harry Potter don't don't. understand boundaries. So the post was pointing out that there's so many types of magic that just ignore people's bodily autonomy, their privacy, their personal space, and their free will. So maybe for people who are raised in magical societies, those concepts just don't exist. Right. It's not like they have a UN Declaration of Human Rights. As far as we know, they don't. Like, we have that in the muggle world. Hmm. And we hold on to those rights. So you can access them anytime, you can see them, and you know what they are. But wizards, as far as we know, don't have that sort of document or that sort of knowledge. So at any moment, here are some things that can happen to you in the magical society. And as far as we know, most of these things are legal. Someone can grab you and teleport you somewhere. They can step out of your fireplace into your home, steal some of your hair and become you, create, preserve, and replay memories about you in perfect detail. Transform you into something. Freeze your body so you can't move. Vanish all your bones. Read your thoughts. Erase your memory. Force you to tell the truth. Remove your free will. Make you believe you've fallen in love. Literally curse you. These are just the things that can happen. So if all of this is considered normal, commonplace, not a problem for wizards, 
how the fuck do you it's have a society? A and what's what's one of the worst ones is obliviate because you can do anything to someone. You can invade their home, their privacy. You can carry them yes. away. You can steal their identity. You can torture them with no evidence left behind, no blood, no weapons, nothing, just the Cruciatus curse. And then obliviate, and it's all gone from that person's memory, and you just know alone. Mm-hmm. You can even obliviate yourself and remove it from your own memory, keep it in pensive. It's destroy the pensive yeah. from what happened. Like, who's to know? Mm-hmm. Yep. Nobody would ever know. Mm. You'd never face consequences. Yeah, never get caught. <laughs> terrifying. Oh, yes. Wizards are terrifying. Oh. Oh, this children's book series. So I remember so thinking grim. when I was younger, it's like, oh, if I could live in any book series, it'd be Harry Potter and I'd go to Hogwarts and I'd learn about dragons and I have so much fun. No, it's a hellscape. I would not want to live in that universe. Even if I had like a mm. wand and it was powerful enough to use it. Fuck that. Anyone can still do whatever they need to do to me. Like, it doesn't matter. <sighs> yeah, I'm really torn because, like, um, like I said, my bodily autonomy, my very mind, all of this is just up for grabs in the magical society. But also, wizards are kind of, like, mostly too stupid to do any of this stuff. <sighs> I kind of still, I still want to live in Harry Potter world. <laughs> I'd, I'd still do it. I just have to be vigilance. constantly vigilant. Yeah, I'd shave my head. Mm. He was right. Mad Eye Moody was well, right. The Death Eater <laughs> pretending to be Mad Eye Moody was right. <laughs> mm. Yeah. <laughs> he says it sometimes when it's him in the fifth book. If I lived in the fucking Wizarding World, I would live in a hole in the ground, hairless like a mole, so that no one can steal my identity. And I'd have, like, I don't know, some kind of measures <laughs> in place to make sure no one read it from my mind. Oculumens, make sure no one can wipe my memory. What can I do there? I have no memories. Yeah. I'll just be... <laughs> I'll just be, um... <laughs> A hairless, pale, sad little <laughs> woman under the ground, shrieking at the sunlight. <laughs> I think I would just put some kind of, like, like magical defences around my home and around my person and then live a normal life. <laughs> <laughs> you can come visit me in my mole hole, but then you have to... Then, then once you hey, leave, I completely change locations. <laughs> each to his own. <laughs> Copy trace. <laughs> anyway... So how are you going to make love potions illegal? Oh, um, I have some measures in place. Um, I don't know how effective they'll be, but I'll, I'll run them by you. Uh, mm-hmm. Love potions should be illegal. Uh, heading. Subheading. Yeah. Law number one. Love potions are not to be commodified or sold at all <laughs> or disguised in other form of ingestibles and sold. That's, this is the law I'm suggesting be put in place or something better worded than that. Okay. Um, because it's hard to prevent people from brewing their own uh, love potions what you can do is put a restraint on its access to the ingredients because, you know, if, you, if you're preventing the commodification of it, then sure, that law's in place. Mm-hmm. Legally, no one can sell you a love potion. Sure, you can still find it on the black market, but okay, we can put things in place to make sure it's harder to brew it or access access it. Yeah. Um, so my recommendation is to illegalize the selling of pearl dust because pearl dust is a, an essential, essential ingredient in all love potions, no matter the, the type of love potion. You have to have pearl dust in it. So that means pearls. Pearls can't be sold in stores anymore. Mm-hmm. Can't get pearl jewelry, all that sort of stuff. Pearl dust is a constant ingredient in all love potions. Um, so make it market rare, expensive, and available at only a few well-trusted apothecaries. Anyone buying pearl dust then has to sign off on it. They use a quill that mm-hmm. uh, can't you can't lie using the quill. Like a, I don't know, you can put something on a charm so that you can't put down a fake name. You have to be over seventeen. That sort of like measures are in place when you're signing the document and signing it off, so that. Like, they know who you are mm-hmm. when you bought it. Academics and professional yeah. potioners, potions masters, can acquire a license to brew love potions. 
require that the potion is only used for academic purposes. This license can be revoked if potion if the potion is misused in any way. Um, so outside mm-hmm. of academic purposes. Uh, those are my suggestions yeah. to start them off. Basically, do you have any other mm-hmm. um, suggestions for laws to be put in place? Yeah, well, in the Muggle world, like certain um, mm. drugs and things are prescription only, and if you buy them, like your name goes in a register, and if you buy too many too often, problems happen. I don't know specifically. I don't think you get arrested, but like someone looks into it because it's like, what are you doing? You get sniped by the Australian government. <laughs> <laughs> you get sniped you in your home. Um. <laughs> So you could do something similar with love potions. Instead of making it like no pearls can ever exist ever, completely illegal, you could be like um, pearls, I think maybe moonstones, roses, thorns, roses, petals, manticore, things. There's like a bunch of different ingredients in love potions. I don't have them memorized. That was what I vaguely remember from my research. Make all of those controlled substances. You have to go onto a register if you buy them. And then it's up to the auras to monitor that register. And if anyone's buying all of the ingredients at the same time, or any of the ingredients with a unexplainable level of irregularity, it's a cause to look into them further and see like, why are you buying so many pearls? Why do you need so many rose thorns? What's up with you? Obviously, it then comes down to the fact that pearl dust and rose thorns and stuff, you can find them in the in the wild. Like, <laughs> you can go diving for pearls and you can pick up rose thorns from the yeah, wild. That's can. uncontrollable. You can't stop people from doing mm-hmm. that. There are ways to get around these sorts of things, but, like, heroin still exists, yeah. but that doesn't mean that we should just make heroin and think, illegal yeah. and be like, eh, whatever, what can you do? <laughs> and Like, we still make them illegal. Yeah. Because then it's hard for average Joe Blow walking down the street to get heroin. <laughs> That's what's important here. I think these measures aren't to pr- completely prevent people from being able to brew a love potion. If you try hard enough, you can brew a love potion without showing up on that register. The point is, at the, is that the way love potions are treated at the moment is that they're yeah. frivolous, they're things that teenagers do to pass the time. So if you can stop the average 15, 16-year-old from being able to walk into a shop and mm-hmm. easily make a love potion, then you're succeeding at your job. Because that's a huge market for them, apparently. Mm-hmm. So if you can stop the average person yeah. being able to do that, then you just got the weird psychos mm-hmm. to look up, to look out for that are determined to make a love potion, and it's probably for very nefarious reasons. Yeah. Yeah. So if I'm like um, Crime Lord McGee and I want yeah. to set up a illegal love potions ring, I could do that by having dozens, hundreds of people who each buy one love potion ingredient every now and then, occasionally, yeah. and then they all send them to me yeah. and I brew them and sell them. That's how drug works. That's how, like, drug rings work. Well, you know a lot about drug rings, don't you, Rhea? <laughs> Got him, boys. <laughs> Take yeah, shot. I watch Breaking Bad. I'm amazing. <laughs> go, go, go. <laughs> but if I'm, um, if I'm Nancy Gets Mad Witch and my ex has dumped me and I'm like, fuck her, I'm gonna go home and brew a love potion and then we'll see who dumps who. This stops me from walking into the store, buying all of my ingredients, going home and brewing the potion. Because if the auras come knocking on my door and they're like, miss, why did you buy all these love potion ingredients? They're gonna stop me. So that's the function of this list. I like it. It's good. Make them all controlled substances. Anyway, that was just a rundown of how controlled substances work. I don't know why I felt that was necessary. Expensive, rare in the market. That's easy enough to put into place for a government. Yeah. 
Yeah, there's a lot to be said um, um, in terms of we sort of brought it up like the mess that love potions cause to society in general. I've done a lot of research on Australian legal system in terms of sexual assault cases, and it's a mess already without love potions in the mix. <laughs> like I couldn't imagine trying to conduct a court or trying to yeah. uh, prove someone's guilt or innocence when substances exist that can co- completely coerce someone and completely change mm-hmm. their personality for as long as they're being administered that substance. I I frankly do not understand how you can have a functioning legal system in a world where anyone yeah. at any time can take away the free no will of anyone else. Yeah. How has the wizarding world yes. not collapsed in on itself? I mean, we have yet to do it. We have yet to do an episode on how the legal system works. Yeah. But I'm terrified of doing that episode because one, I don't know a lot about the legal system in general. <laughs> I'm not a lawyer. I never studied law. And two, it's a terrifying concept because like. We mm. know very little about what goes on in the books because it's not really explained very much because it can't possibly make sense. <laughs> How can you have consistent laws if you can't? No. Yeah. It just We joke about, like, wizards are stupid and wizards don't have common sense and mm. all that sort of stuff, but it kind of has to be that way because otherwise the world doesn't function. Like, <laughs> all jokes and all of our love of the Harry Potter series aside, the world doesn't work it's broken it doesn't function it can't which is sad and i'm i'm smad again now (laughs) well i'll give it this naturally it makes sense the magic makes sense as a society it doesn't function trying to form a human living civilized society sorry is pretty impossible in the way that magic works in a natural sense in harry potter Mm -hmm. Mm. that's what i mean sorry the world functions the world's fine it's society I don't see how societies don't collapse. Like, uh, it's this is such a we big topic, a and we're trying to just talk about love potions. Like I, like you said, <laughs> I'm. We have to do topics on the politics of Harry Potter, the economy of Harry Potter, the um, legal systems of Harry Potter. We have to talk about these things. But God, I dread all of those episodes because just this. This one item, a love potion, has made me realize that society doesn't work in Harry Potter. Like, I can't even- how am I going to get into economy? I don't know how money works. Basically, uh, I don't really have anything more to say. Just a summation of my point of view is that love potions are awful. They're treated like jokes. They shouldn't be. They should be illegal. (laughs) And I can't believe that this is such a controversial opinion amongst Mm. wizards. Like, the fact that it's sort of brushed off, and only, like, learned mm. scholars like Slughorn are like, oh no, they're very dangerous, and you shouldn't just smirk about it. Like, someone who's lived as long as me knows how dangerous the effects of obsessive love can be. It's like, well, yeah, fuck. <laughs> That's bad. But fuck, even Slughorn, the thing is, like, he says he knows they're dangerous, but then later in the mm-hmm. story, when Harry shows up with a love potioned Ron, and he's like, oh, he was accidentally dosed, and blah blah blah, Slughorn's not like, holy shit, oh my god, this is a problem we have to deal with right now. He's just sort of like, ha ha, what a funny thing that's happened. Like, he doesn't take it seriously. You need such an attitude shift. The only way to do it is to make love potions illegal. So, I guess, like, trying to make a bit more of a lighthearted note, imagine if love potions were made illegal and there was a huge big attitude shift and people were like, oh yeah, these are actually bad and we shouldn't be treating them like jokes. I like to think that there would be all sorts of magical charms and protections and ways of detecting Mm -hmm. love potions and protecting yourself from love potions and nullifying the effects if you did happen to get dosed. 
I like to think that we, not we, that witches and wizards would be able to do something about it if they just recognized that it was a problem. Well, there's measures like that already in like our world. Like, you know, anyone knows when you go out, don't, don't leave your drink. Like always take your drink with you. There's those, mm-hmm. that, that cool invention of the nail polish that you can dip into um a uh, yeah. a drink to see if it has been spiked with rohypnol. Yes, I love that. That's so cool and also horrifying and we live in a terrible world. Yeah. I know of um uh some people at my former university invented uh or like sponsored a, the creation of an item which is you it's like a rubber seal that you put over the top of your drink or of any drink basically that you get served in a bar and you basically sip through a straw. So mm-hmm. it's very difficult for anyone to spike that drink because it's like <laughs> a tiny little space that you sip through and no one can really yeah. slip anything in there with uh, great subtlety. And it's completely recyclable and all this sort of stuff too. Yeah, there's lots of measures that have been put mm-hmm. in place to stop like spikings and there's a huge societal shift for uh, ending rape culture and rape myths and, you know, promoting women's safety and men's safety and children's safety in terms of these issues in the muggle world, in our world. So I think it's possible for wizards too. It's just Mm -hmm. such a cultural thing that I need to step over. And now to drag it down again. (laughs) So I want to talk about, does the series condemn the use of love potions? Because the characters in the story sort of treat them like a joke. But we also, we the reader, see the very real world consequences. So like when Ron gets dosed with a love potion, that's sort of a funny, silly thing that happens according to Slughorn. But then Ron gets poisoned and nearly dies. And like, you know, Voldemort's mother uses a love potion and then we get Voldemort. In The Crimes of Grindelwald, Queenie uses a love spell on Jacob and then in the next scene, they're broken up and it's all sad and dramatic. Do you think that is doing enough to get the message across that while the people in the story don't understand how bad these are, you, the reader and the watcher, should understand, no, bad, don't use love potions? Uh, No, I don't think it's getting it across enough. And I think there's a few reasons why. Um, In all the scenarios that a love potion is used in the series, Mm -hmm. the potion is not administered by someone who is evil, by someone who the audience or the reader believes to be evil. Great point. In, in the case of Fantastic Beasts, people believe Queenie's yeah. a good guy, um, and it's played off as a laugh. We've talked about this before. The Ron incident with Romilda Vane, we don't know anything about Romilda Vane. She's mm-hmm. just seen as sort of a co- comedic yeah. character. Like, oh, she's trying to get Harry to love her, but it goes wrong and it gets Ron. That whole scene is played out in the book and in the movie, because Ron's all like, I guess, gaga with the effects of the potion. He's talking about the moon. He's talking about how lovely life is. It's played off as comedy. And... It's in in the end, it's shown as like, oh, no mm-hmm. harm done. Ron got poisoned, yeah. but it wasn't from the effects of the potion. It was from the wine that happened to be there. It wasn't because he was given a love potion that he got poisoned. That was just the cause of the mm-hmm. series of events. And the thing is, Harry yeah. and Slughorn and Ron all know that it was Ramil Devane who did that. Like, because she was the one that Ron fell in love with. They know it was her. Yeah. And as far as we know, she doesn't get any consequences. She's not expelled, even though she should have been, because yeah. she tried to roofy another student she just doesn't face any consequences it's not a bad thing to do according to the rules of hogwarts and lastly with um the marope gaunt case we are taught in the book as the reader to sympathize with marope gaunt we feel pity for her she's lived a hard life and uh the fact that she's not good at any Mm -hmm. magic but she managed to whip up a a potion it's like wow good for her she managed to actually get some strength and independence with a potion 
and she got what she wanted. She got the love that she wanted. It's seen as like a success story from a rope. And it's seen as something mm. that we can be like, you know, she did what she had to do to survive yeah. and to get what she needed. But it's not. Mm-hmm. It's a terrible story. Yeah. She escapes the abusive living situation she's in with her father and her brother and mm-hmm. gets this happy, perfect marriage with the man of her dreams. Yeah. And then it falls apart because he leaves her when he finds out that she's been love potioning him even though he's the victim of that story he's the victim like he's not a good guy like she's come from a bad situation but exactly. you no know, he's not a yeah. good person and it, and that's another thing he's like an asshole and he's cruel and dismissive and blah 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 but he was kidnapped he mm. was forced to have a child that he didn't want with a woman that he doesn't know and is not in love with like yeah. he's he's the victim and she's the villain in this scenario but yeah, you're right. The story positions us in such a way that we should be sympathizing with her. Yeah. In every scenario, the story positions us in such a way where we don't see the administer of the potion as evil or a bad guy. They're always a good guy. They're always misunderstood. They're always just trying to do what they desperately want to do because they're, they're so sad and miserable. Yeah. That's not good enough. <laughs> I definitely agree. Like, you can argue that, you know, Harry Potter is a children's book series and it doesn't want to go into that dark place but living in our world which is like drenched in rape culture and just full of systemic abuse and assault and grooming and all sorts of awful awful things like it's not enough to imply that love potions are dangerous and can have bad consequences you need to outright condemn them call them evil call out the people who use them as like abusers and rapists but it never does that the story always tries to make a punchline out of someone being forced into a romantic or sexual situation against their will. And that's not funny. It's just, it's evil. And if you don't acknowledge that, then like, you're evil too. (laughs) That's a very simplistic way of putting it, but it's true. If you're not condemning this culture, you're participating in it. And that's one of the worst things about the Harry Potter books is the way that it perpetuates rape culture. Which is a hectic note to end on, but that's it. That's the way it is. Too bad. I agree. I've been Jem, and love potions should be illegal and condemned at all costs. I've been Rhea, and I've got a cauldron full of hot, strong consent. (laughs) Hell yeah. (laughs) Thanks for listening to Podcast Nine and Three Quarters. This show is written and edited by Rhea and Jem. You can send us an email at nine and three quarters podcast at gmail.com. Find us on Tumblr, Facebook, and Instagram at podcast nine and three quarters, or talk to us separately on Twitter. Rhea is at SmashMathRia, and me, Jem, is at Jem underscore just Jem. Please feel free to send us theories or ask us questions and bombard us with so many messages that we go mad and run away to a hut on a rock in the middle of the sea just to avoid them. Our logo art is by Winged Corgi. Find more of her art at wingedcorgi.tumblr.com. This week's intro music was Wizard Wheezies by Nicholas Hooper, and our outro music was Hedwig's Theme by John Williams. We hear from us again in two weeks' time. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.